0: Coming up this week, at last, the writing is over. I finished Truth Be Told this afternoon. That's my eighth and last book of 2019 now completed. My edits of Morecambe Bay 2, Circle of Lies are also finished and it's all teed up ready for its December 9th release. And I have an important announcement about the future of this podcast to make. If you're a regular listener, please make sure that you stay tuned right until the end. The first big news of this week is I am recording this podcast diary on my old PC. So if you remember the saga of the last few weeks, I had a critical blue screen of death kind of error with the PC, I couldn't fix it. So I used my laptop, managed to keep things going, keep the writing going on a laptop, everything was in the cloud so I could access everything. And then I thought I'm gonna have to get a decent PC. So I ordered another PC. Well, the PC that I ordered from Dell was rubbish it was I set it up and it was slow and it was rubbish and then I can't remember what happened I had like I I tend to have moments of inspiration there aren't many of them but they're quite productive when they come and I figured out a way of fixing the old tower and so I fixed my old Dell tower and and having fixed the tower I thought well I don't really want this Dell PC I've just bought. It's rubbish. I mean, it was really slow and it was rubbish. It was not fit for purpose as far as I was concerned. So I checked the guarantee and to my great delight found that I was able to return it within 30 days. So that got picked up yesterday. I'm recording this on the old tower, which is not perfect, but it. it I'm, I'm using it. I'm recording this. So it's obviously working. I've been writing on it all week. It's not perfect, but I got it fixed up and patched up well enough to just get on with my life. And now that writing is finished, I now have, oh, thank goodness, I have freedom. I don't have to work every hour, God said, you know, in all my pockets of time. So I can't tell you how relieved I am about that, but that means I could catch up with things like getting this PC properly sorted. So I will do some some fancy pants tech stuff to sort this PC tower out. Now I've got some time to do it. I'm gonna get the refund on the the rubbishy tower that I got from Dell. Uh, Funnily enough, I mean, this is a Dell computer that I'm using, but the one I got was terrible. It was really, really slow. I'd have been there forever, uh, you know, trying to get some work done. So anyhow, all's well that ends well. I'm off my ropey laptop. I'm on my original PC. And hopefully that refund will be coming back soon. So all's well that ends well. I have in the last 10 minutes finished writing. Truth be told. I cannot tell you. How relieved I am. I really had to force myself to do the writing, not because I wasn't interested in the story, just because I am so punch drunk now after everything I've been doing over the last, well, over the last year, but also, particularly, I guess, the last 10 weeks. So last Sunday, I wrote 5100 words, yesterday, Thursday, I wrote 5143 words of the story, and then in the evening, I came back and did 912 words of my author notes. So yesterday, I wrote 6055 words, and today, um, I've just done the last four chapters and i wrote 5365 words so i am finished ladies and gentlemen i have finished my writing for the year i've just opened up my scrivener file because i'll tell you what the final word count is on that book if you recall i said to you that i'm now writing 270000 words so i write 5000 words roughly 14 days because i know that i overwrite and so roughly if I write two seventy thousand words, so I write 5,000 words, in 14 days, I know that because of my overwriting, it's going to get me roughly near 75,000 words. And I can tell you that the final word count on Truth Be Told, this is obviously draft one, is 74,185 words. So it's 75,000 words or thereabouts. Now, so long as the book is somewhere between 72 000 to 75,000 words, it's fine for length. That's really me targeting it so that my budget costs my um, editing costs don't overrun so it's only a notional figure but I'm roughly writing to 75,000 words it might be a little bit more might be a little bit less by the time we've gone through the edit so yeah 74,185 words and that book is done in draft one format so I'm feeling a little bit demob happy as far as that is concerned right now and Just to let you know, I'm recording this diary and then I'm hopping on a train. I'm off to see one of my kids and I'm spending the weekend. I'm gonna do an away park run as a celebration. I'm gonna have a weekend away in a bigger city than where I live and gonna eat out and have fun with one of my kids. So really looking forward to that. Okay, editing update, because as you know, I'm writing and editing. The Walken Bay 2 Circle of Lies edits are now completed, so I was doing the last edits on that Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of this week, that book is ready for its 9th of December release, remember I'm now releasing these books on a 28 day cycle, really, really good edit from Julie Cordner, um, really tight, Uh, I was relieved that there weren't a lot of changes to make to that book. And um, I think that because my head's been so sort of foggy in that, you know, I was editing Left for Dead, getting that ready for release. Uh, you know, Julie was editing this one while I was writing book three. My head's just been all over the place, keeping the plot lines and everything together. And so I was really delighted that Circle of Lies just felt so tight. Uh, you know, when you're doing so much, sometimes you feel like everything's a bit of a jumbled mess. And of course I'd read it and I'd, I've done my sort of edits on it as well. And my wife had looked, uh, no, has my wife looked at that? No, she hasn't looked at Circle of Lies yet. She's, she's read Left for Dead. Um, so my wife's gonna have a look at it just before it gets released. And I'll send it to a few um, art readers as well who are going to look at it. But for all intents and purposes, I've been through that, Julie's been through that. That book is tight and correct and ready to release. So thank goodness for that. But it was a lovely edit from Julie. It just felt tight. You know, it didn't didn't feel like we were using excess language. Felt like the plot was tight. It was just a really, really great um, edit. Very, very happy with that. So thank you very much, Julie. I've told Julie that because we've been on an email exchange today. And with that book written, I just want to use this as as an excuse to big up Julie because. um, although I'm going to be writing in the new year, uh, I'm not going to have anything to edit for some time now. You know, I've I've done what I set out to do um, and I'm going to be continuing to release those books and I will not be sending any books Julie's way for some time now. So I just wanted to, to big up Julie and, and thank her publicly because if you remember when I did this, rapid release schedule. Um, I'd booked Helen Fazal, my regular editor in, but I'd only booked Helen in for one book. And then h- how many extras have I written? Something like five, I think Julie's done now. And it just, you know, just worked beautifully that Julie was thinking about pivoting to editing work. You know, Helen couldn't couldn't possibly accommodate another five books at such short notice. No way that was going to happen. And it was just beautiful timing that, that Julie said, yeah, I'll give you a sample edit And if you like it, you know, I'll do your other book. So Julie, now, I think I've got this right, Julie. I think you've done, well, you will have done the three Morecambe Bay trilogies. You'll have done two years after and you'll have done Now You See Her. And... You know, now you see her just getting brilliant, brilliant reviews. Um, you know, all four and 5s so well, there might be some nasties in there, but you know, it's predominantly four or five reviews. Left for Dead, I'll talk to you about this in a moment or two, getting four or five reviews, just getting some great reviews. Um, you know, I'm just absolutely delighted with the, the edits that I've had. Um, you know, so I just wanted to say a public thank you to Julie, you know, for stepping in and for really, I mean, you, you know, the rate of knots I've been producing these books at. And I know I haven't handed them over to Julie, you know, in, in the kind of shit shape state that I would have liked to because I'm just so busy but she's picked them up she's got on with them she's delivered them on time she's delivered me lovely tight edits you know I haven't ended up with a load of work to do she's just really used to her initiative with those edits so really there are just some last minute decisions for me that's really it's really helped me to get those books out on time so um, you know I can obviously, you know, having done five, I mean, is is it half a year we've done this in Julie? I mean, it's a ridiculous pace, isn't it? About half a year we've banged out these five books between us. Um, You know, so if you ever needed (laughs) evidence of a competent, you know, and very efficient editor, uh, there there it is. So if you are looking for a new editor, if you're in the market, if you haven't got an editor yet, um, you know, I can say that, you know, I'm, I'm leaving Julie with some free time in the new year because I won't be having anything to edit for some time. Um, So if you want to get an edit done, now is the time to book Julie in, her web address is juliecoldnerauthor.com slash editing services, but I will put that link on the show notes for episode 180, and I'm sure she'll be delighted to hear from you, and uh, probably a little bit relieved that she hasn't got another one of my books coming her way, but thank you Julie, you know I really could not have done this without you. Without you, you know, just delivering on time, without you sticking to the agreed targets, you know, you just when you're doing, when you're working at that rate, you just need everybody to do what they said they were going to do when they said they were going to do it, and you absolutely have done that in a brilliant way. So thank you. I want to give you a big, big up for that today. And sorry, you've got another one of my jumble messes coming in a week's time, but at least it will put you out your misery with the story and it will tie all the loose ends together, as it will for the readers when they finally get it. So it's the final edit of Circle Lies that has to uh, Circle of Lies that has to be submitted by Thursday the fifth of December. So I've got plenty of time to give that another informal read, uh, which I'll put do on my Kindle Paperwhite, and it's going to go to some of the blog tour reviewers and some of my beta readers who um, have enjoyed uh, Left for Dead and, and want the next copy. And really, it's just the last minute. You know, have you missed anything? Um, I don't really expect that there won't be anything substantial in there but you know you never know you might just have missed something and also you know I mess things up when Julie sent them to me if, if I have to rewrite something I'm really really careful if I have to rewrite something that's already be edited but you know frankly you know what I'm like <laughs> you know Julie does this fantastic work and there's me messing it up again after it's been to Julie so you know it, it, the more eyes you get on it the better, and none of us is perfect, that's my view of an edit, you know, so the more eyes it gets, the the less chance we have of anything sneaking through, and we're all human after all. Phew, so, you know, I really feel a massive sense of relief with that. Um, As far as Truth Be Told is concerned, I have have first draft edited that to chapter 27, then I broke off to do Circle of Lies, so I'm gonna pick up my first draft editing of Truth Be Told on Monday, after my nice weekend away, so from Monday, the 25th, I'm just getting on um, with do, finishing the, the work, the writing I've just done. And then that book needs to go to Julie for its proper edit on Sunday, the 1st of December. And that book is due for release now um, until uh, early January, uh, 6th of January off the top of my head. So let me go through the diary now so that I can just pull all these loose ends together. So Sunday, the 1st of December, Truth Be Told is sent to Julie for its final edit. Thursday, the 5th of December, is the the final submission day for Circle of Lies for Amazon. Monday, the 9th of December, Circle of Lies is released. Thursday, the 2nd of January, is Truth Be Told's final submission date to Amazon. So I'll be editing, doing my final edit of that over Christmas. On Monday, the 6th of January, Truth Be Told is released. I will then submit Left for Dead to BookBub and on Monday the 3rd of February, 28 days after Truth Be Told is released, the Morecambe Bay box set is scheduled for its release, and that date will only shift if I get an early BookBub, because I will want then the box set available when I do BookBub, because it's another purchasing permutation, so that is how everything pans out, and after that, I cannot tell you what's gonna happen next. I'll talk to you more about that in a moment or two. I'm not quite sure what's happening next, but that is me. That is my rapid release plan You know, delivered in the pot. The last book's written, it's just a case of editing now. Nothing is gonna happen. Other than getting knocked down by a bus, nothing's gonna happen to stop that. In which case I would hope my wife would pick it up and publish it. Uh, Anyhow, uh, I wanna talk to you about the blog tour because if there's one thing well, I've learned lots of things from this, but if there's one new thing, one massive new thing that I've got from doing this rapid release, it's of blog tours. You know how terrified I was about the blog tour, and I really was, you know, scared about doing that blog tour. But that blog tour has been brilliant. I now have, and I may have more since I last looked, but I've got twelve UK reviews and five USA reviews on Left for Dead, all four to five star. The majority of those have come from the people who did the blog tour i never even realized i thought they just did the blog tour post i didn't realize they were also going to put a review on amazon i mean talk about fantastic value um so and they're all four and five star reviews and this really detailed you know i said to you always always live in fear of a one-star review you know that's written by somebody who's highly articulate Well, these are highly articulate, you know, detailed, effusive reviews. Never had reviews like them, I don't think. Um, For a brand new book, 12 of them in the UK, five of them in the USA. And I've got more to come because I've been, I've sent about 50 copies to art readers as well on my list. So uh, as I said to you last week, the whole point of that is I want loads of great, hopefully great reviews on there, four and fives. Ready for the book bub in the new year, so that when book bub come to see it, it's not you know it's not a Jimmy No mates uh, book you know with no reviews on it. It's ready to go. It's got reviews you know, and they can hopefully confidently then put it into a promotion. So that's my target with that. So um, you know blog tour, get a blog tour. That's uh, you know that's my conclusion. Um, if I'd have known about blog tours earlier rather than later. Well, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you my further thoughts on rapid release in a couple of minutes. So let me talk about that then. Um, just to tidy up this section, then, I'm going to get some proper paperback covers made for the Morecambe Bay trilogy in the new year when I've sort of, you know, I, I've paid all, for all my edits and everything, when I've kind of, you know, paid all my costs uh, related to this current project. Uh, and then the, when the next money arrives in the pot um, and, and the bills are paid for this rapid release then i'm going to get some proper paperback covers made for walk bay trilogy the reason for that is that i will probably i'll, I'll probably pop it in BookBub, kdp select first time round but if it doesn't get a yes first time round when the covers are done i will make it wide i'll list it wide and i'll have high quality paperbacks done the reason for that is that it's always been my aim since deciding to write about walk Bay. i would really love um, you know, if I can if I can wangle this, if my connections can get me this, I'd love to do a, an author session at Morecambe and Vice on the 12th and 13th of September in 2020. You know, it's a book that is entirely about Morecambe. So um and and you know the jury the jury has spoken and it's got four and five-star reviews, so I, it doesn't look like I've written a stinker. Uh so thank goodness for that. There's still plenty of time, of course, but you know, um, it's gone to a lot of people who know a lot about thrillers many of them actually many of the people who've reviewed that thriller um, mentioned Morecambe and Vice because they've attended it and said how they how lovely it was reading about the resort um, you know when they've been to the resort for the event so to me there's this perfect symbiosis with Morecambe and Vice and the book so um, I I think in in that instance you know if, if I got involved in that I would need to be bringing paperbacks to the event they need to be you know beautifully produced paperbacks obviously um, because you would be selling them at the event but also I feel like it would be more in my interest if I if I am able to get an event for that book to be wide and I've already discovered that although it's simpler to do a book bub in KDP select, um, it makes you just as much money, whether you do it wide or in KDP select. So um, again, that, that's one for 2020. It's not one for now. Um, and obviously walk kind of advice isn't until September. So there's a lot of water to go under the bridge until I even have to think about that. But so when they start to book people up, um, I will maybe put out a few feelers and see if maybe I can get involved in that event in 2020. And so, uh, I've also managed to hit my NanoRIMO target. So I, I've put my screenshot of NanoRIMO on this week's resources page. But for NanoRIMO, you know that it was this was just an incidental. I just happened to calculate that I'd be, I could write fifty thousand words or thereabouts over November. So I just did it for the sake of it, really. Um, but I've got my little screenshot there. Um, over twenty-two days in November, I've written five. Sorry, 52,655 words. So that is what I've recorded in NaNoWriMo. As I'm not really too fussed about NaNoWriMo. I hit a few targets. You know, I wasn't trying to go, I wasn't trying to get all these little badges that you can get. Like, am I writing over consecutive days and things like that? So I got a couple of badges, um, you know, whatever. Um, it's just a nice, to me, it's just a nice little, nice to have uh, that I got that I, I hit Rimo. It's the second time I've done a NaNoWriMo. The first time I did it, I didn't specifically set out to do NaNoWriMo. I was writing anyway, and I thought let's get those 50,000 words in the pot. Let's get it recorded in the NaNoWriMo site. You know, let's get me a little badge at the end. And it just, um, you know, gives you a sense of satisfaction. It's, it's another thing to sort of knock on the head. So yeah, 52,655 words written over twenty-two day so let's just do a bit of uh, maths on the uh, 655 share 22 equals so 2000 is that an average of 2,393 a day so if you times that by 30 so if I had written my average words over the day that would have been 71,800 about 72,000 words but um, as you know I I don't sort of write every day I prefer to write in 5,000 word blocks on two to three days a week that's how I prefer that's my rhythm that's what I like to do So deep breath, all the books are delivered. You know, nothing can happen now to scupper the plans. The book is written, it'll get its first draft edit, then it'll go for its proper edit. I just wanted to pull together my um, final thoughts on rapid release, because as I do, I'm like a defragmenting hard drive. You know, as the files sift, I I see patterns and and realize things. And I just really wanted to tell you where I am with rapid release and, and what I would recommend. And there are a few extra things I didn't mention to you last week. So you know having done this now, this is this is what I would recommend to you. Now I'm recommending it on the basis of my experience. We're all different, we're all in different situations, but this would be this is my model that I would follow next. And, and if I you know moving forwards this is this is what I would follow as my model. I wouldn't do it weekly again. I wouldn't do that weekly. Um, so Release every twenty-eight days. Now, I, I don't have any data on twenty-eight days, but twenty-eight days feels to me a target that mere mortals can achieve. You know, a regular writer who can write—you've got to be able to write at a reasonable speed. Um, you know, but but if you, I think twenty-eight days is is a good speed. Now. I've been listening to Alyssa Grosso, for instance, um, and thanks for the shout out, Alyssa. And Alyssa's doing, um, you've got, I think we've just converted, it was gonna be a trilogy. It sounds like it's gonna be four books now. And I know Alyssa is getting these books in the pot before she releases them. So to use that as an example, the 28 day cycle would be perfect, I think, for Alyssa. I wouldn't actually waste them over uh, a week long break, Alyssa. Uh, because you're going to have all those books written before you start releasing so that in the part you've done the work I would release those in a 28 day cycle that would be my recommendation based on my experience I think all your gunpowder all your fireworks would go off at once if you if you release them in, in a in a weekday period uh, or a weekly period so my recommended is is 28 days now depending on how fast you can write and I'm, this is why I'm using alyssa as an example um I think I don't think um and I hope I'm not insulting you, but I don't think because you're busy with other things i don't think you're able to write you probably are able but i don't think your schedule will allow you to write a book every 28 days so you're absolutely right in that scenario to get your books written before you release them so a will be in the pot that's option 1 or if you can and have the time to write a book over 28 days then sure you could do one every 28 days but that you know most people would have a series or a trilogy in the pot that's really what i'm recommending to you so release every 28 days that's a that's a, a figure that most people I think you know can achieve once they've obviously got used to writing and got a rhythm give your time give yourself time to edit and finesse the books properly you know if there's a not a regret there's not a regret but if there's a learning point for me or a realization you know I didn't have as much time as I would have liked to finesse uh, some of those books and this is why I'm so grateful to Julie because she took the strain on that for me it's really nice to know you know, that books have been through a sure and capable pair of hands because they sure as heck didn't go through my hands thoroughly enough as they, as they should have done. So, you know, re, Julie really took the strain with those edits and I'm very grateful for it um, because of the speed. And if it wasn't for Julie, I wouldn't have been able to keep that up. Now, here's the change from last week. Start with a blog tour. Alyssa, start with a blog tour, Okay, <laughs> all right? Particularly on book one, start with a blog tour. You know, I know this is recent learning for me, but it got me, I heard Alyssa speak, you know, please, Alyssa's always one of my recommended podcasts for you to listen to, but I heard Alyssa say, you know, she's beginning to think about the marketing on this series of books now. It's gonna be, it's at least three books, it may be four. As you know, I love trilogies and I—and you with a trilogy though, you've always got to market the first book and then you hope for read through. So start with a blog tour. You know, if, if I can scream month it it you from this, and it is only recent learning from me, that blog tour, has, has got, you know, 12, 17 reviews on in a period of a week or two. Great reviews, you know, four and five stars. I've never had a book in that strong position in such a short time. And from there, um, you know, start with a blog tour. Don't do anything until the blog tour's gone. Get those reviews. And when you've got the reviews, start to run the email promos, Bargain Booksy, Book Doggy, all of those. Wait till you've got reviews, then start to do the promos at 99 pence and cents, okay? But I didn't have the reviews on mine. Um, when we started, I wish I'd done it with the reviews. If I'd had more time i'd have done the blog tour, got the brilliant reviews, then done the promotions because you get more more for your money when you do the promotions because you've got reviews on it, people can see that it's a good book and worth buying, so I think I would have got better results if I'd have done it that way. I do think you've got to write in series and trilogies you know I know you know I know people like. Um, Adam Croft have had great success with standalones I haven't cracked standalones and again I I refer to mere mortals by mere mortals I mean you know the rest of us the rest of us who are pushing and struggling and working to try and get this working for us Um, you know that's what I mean by mere mortals those of us who are still you know working hard just trying to get something going I still think that a trilogy is the way to go for fast results, you know, and I, I will still keep saying that until I until I can change my tune with other data, I still think a trilogy is the best way to write. Keep your ads running while the other releases are going. So, you know, keep them going via Facebook. So, um, you know, in a list scenario, you've got four books out there, you get a blog tour on book one, once you've got some great reviews on that, um, then start to do the email promotion, start to run Facebook ads to it. I'm sure you'll get better conversions when you've got reviews on the books. I didn't have reviews on my books with the -the standalones. I'm still struggling, to be honest with you. Whereas, you know, um, now you see her, got loads of reviews very quickly because of Adam's audience, left for dead, got loads of reviews nice and quickly because I did the blog tour. I struggled to do it on my own. I struggled to be organized enough to get my beta readers to do it. But you know, I failed to do it on my own, but the blog tour took the strain for me, given that situation. I learned that sort of late in the rapid release cycle. So keep the ads going on book one um, and, and uh, you know, get the Facebook ads going too. As soon as you've released, Um, you know books in the series so you need to have if it's a trilogy at least get the first three books going so there's read through and 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 if if you've got like four like Alyssa has make sure that um, book four is coming soon but make sure you've got books in a series so people can read through get it in for a book bub get it in for a book bub as soon as you've got those three books in the trilogy ready which is exactly what I'm going to do. Get that book bub done. And by the time you get the book bub done, because you've done the blog tour, you've got the reviews, so the book looks as attractive as it can for a book bub. Okay? Now I can't guarantee you're going to get a book bub on that, but I do know to get a book bub. You've got to have reviews, you've got to have decent covers, you know, you've got to have some activity on that book. So that puts both of those things in place. I'm not going to do my paperbacks until later. My view always is, as you make most of your money on eBooks, you know, don't prioritize the paperbacks. I think I've had one person saying, is a paperback available since I've been doing this rapid release. One person. I don't sell many paperbacks. Virtually every, virtually, not every. There's always an exception to the rule, but most authors will tell you, you'll make your money on eBooks. So sure, do the paperbacks, but don't prioritize those. If you're, if you're busy and you, you know, you're prioritizing as I had to do, You know I'm gonna come up now and I'm gonna do the paperbacks later. They will all have paperbacks, but they weren't my priority because um, it's the 80-20 rule. You know, I maybe would have put a lot of effort into the paperbacks and that would have been a fraction of my income. So I will do the paperbacks, but they're coming later, they're coming next. When you do your books, cross promote everything. Cross-promote, so again I'm going to use Alyssa as a as an example of this. She's got three to four books. At the front of the book, at the back of the book, make sure you promote the other books of the series most prominently. Make it easy for people to read the next books of the series. Also, promote any other thrillers that you've got. Um, you know, but prioritize your thrillers first. Um, but, prior, uh, but make sure you cross-promote all the other books you've got in that genre. At the end of book one and book two in your trilogy have a sample read uh, that ends on a sort of cliffhanger right? that, you know don't have it just hanging there um, take a sample from the book and make it if you've just read the first book and enjoyed it make the sample so they have to read the next book i got to get the next book and i have to keep on reading have it end on a cliffhanger i know this is controversial i don't care cliffhangers work for me they have done across all my trilogies they make people read through all right. I know some people hate them, but frankly, I've done four of the. Well, I'm about. Well, I'm considering whether to do the fourth one. I probably will, to be honest with you, um, because uh, you know I've had no bite back on trilogies, and I get read through from them and and uh, from cliffhanger endings. So, um, but I, I put them. You know, I wouldn't do a cliffhanger ending if I wasn't resolving it quickly. If I was going to keep you waiting for a year for the next book, I wouldn't use a cliffhanger ending. But because I write my book so fast, and you don't have to wait, I do put cliffhanger endings in there. Um, but. And then also in your books, um, you know, have some author notes in there and use your author notes to encourage people to look at your blog and your email list. Okay, that's what's worked best for me. Cross promote everything within the book. And then also finally, just to, to summarize this, Uh, write your books to 75k words. Now, I know that some genres, you know, is it fantasy? You know, the book's got to be 200,000 words before anybody will even look at it. You know, I know there are some exceptions to this, but given that you're not one of those exceptions, aim to write your books at 75,000 words. It means you can price them at $4.99 if you want to. You know, no one's going to bulk up that. It's a full length book. There's no doubt about that. But in terms of time and motion, your cost, your profit, your productivity, I think 75,000 words is the sweet spot. I can write them fast. Uh, They don't cost a fortune to edit. Um, They don't take me ages to edit, Um, you know, and I can make, I can sell it at a full book price. Uh, So 75,000 words is my sweet spot. And also, um, you know, Facebook ads are what have worked for me. I've got some stats for you on Facebook. If you want to know my stats on Facebook over the 10, 11 weeks of this campaign, my latest stats are I had 24 campaigns running over the course of the last however many weeks it is. I had 15,874 clicks delivered by that campaign my reach this is how many people saw those ads 96,541 my average cost per result across those campaigns was 12 pence per click and i spent in total 1855 pounds and four pence okay so those were my facebook results and i would say to you that Facebook is what has worked best for me. So when I said to you that I was spending a lot on Facebook, 2,000 quid, nothing for adverts. You know, over 10 weeks, 200 quid a week, that's nothing. Um, incidentally, I also had a separate budget. I probably spent another four to 500 pounds with Adam as well, um, with Adam Nichols. Um, I also spent um, more money, but that—that um, that I sent that as cash over to Adam. I didn't, um, it didn't go through my Facebook ads account. So those are the ads that went through my account. So again, that gives you some idea of the level of spending. Plus, of course, as you know, for each book, I did a book doggy, you know, a bargain booksy. We had all the four, uh, a fiver, uh, what was it? BK Nights ad. You know, I had all those four email ads running as well. So it probably is about $400, $450 per book, something like that, uh, I would guess uh, was my, um, my total budget. And as I said to you, what I can tell you is, that I'm in profit. I haven't dug into all the details yet about which ads work, which but books didn't. I use the Chris. What's his name? He says, look at his books. I can't focus without my specs on my books. Here, Chris. You know who I mean. I read his book on ads, and his idea was, you know, keep it simple. Are you in profit? Yes, I'm in profit. So, um, you know, without having done any detailed work on those stats, I'm in profit. So, uh, And and that's the level of expenditure. So you could kind of roughly do the stats in in, in your head, hopefully. Okay, let's move on to some general news. I've got a correction from last week and you know, I'm fuzzy brained. I'm sorry about that, but there's a lot going on. (laughs) You've heard it played out on these diaries. I said to you last week that I'd been emailing since the year 2000. I haven't, I I don't know what made me say that. Um, I haven't. I tell you what made me think it was because when I sent the email out, this is the email, cock up that I'd made where I'd sent the same email out four different versions of the same email out to everybody on my list the reason I, I got mixed up with that is that it, it happened on a new year and my fuzzy brain had sort of put it in, in the millennium year but it, it wasn't it, it can't have been that year so it must have been 2010 or thereabouts I think uh, it wasn't the year 2000 I haven't been emailing Was, did I say 18 19 years I, I haven't been emailing that long so apologies for that you know sometimes i I get things wrong where I realize I'll correct it. Um, But I know I've been online, what, 2009, 2010 was when I started internet marketing. So I think that probably would have been, I think it probably would have been 2010, not the year 2000. It was definitely a New Year's Eve, which is what made me get confused with the millennium. When you get to my age, you'll know. Um, Interestingly, by the way, you know, I, I talk about when you get to my age, I just had a character in my book who gets confused over a date. And you youngsters, you'll find it out, don't you worry, I'm not that old, but you'll find it out, believe me. Um, I have had a character who's 70 something and she gets confused. She's 20, 20 years older than me in the book. So I put it down to authorial research and character authenticity. It's not me going crazy. That's what it is. It's just me trying to get authenticity in my books by living through the characters in my novels. That's my excuse and I'm sticking to it. I've had um, a lovely flurry of uh, people getting contact with me this week. So thank you very much for that. Oh, before I do that, sorry, I just must mention that the Grid One can be submitted for a BookBub next Friday on the 29th of November. So that's the Grid One being submitted for a BookBub next Friday. Again, you know, fingers crossed, we throw blood against the wall and we hope that some of it will stick. Okay, couple of mentions then for people this week. Uh, hi, Paul. This is from Matt. I don't know your second name, Matt, but I, did, I haven't met Matt before. I've been listening to the show. Always love it when I, I sort of hear of new listeners that I don't know about. Matt says, discovered your podcast a few weeks ago. Wanted to write and say that I find it very f- helpful. Thank you very much for that, Matt. Currently writing his first book, which he hopes to self-publish. Go for it, Matt. Self-publish it and been trying to listen to all the relevant podcasts. As you discussed pricing in your last episode, I wanted to mention a couple of websites that you might find useful if you're not familiar with them already. They allow you to track the historic prices of books on Amazon. Maybe they might be a useful marketing tool for you to monitor how other uh, authors are working. Now I haven't mentioned these before I don't know any of these sites um Matt so thank you for sharing these. And by the way because I've been so busy this week I haven't had time to look at them yet. So I've put them on the resources page and Matt they're on my list of things. Now I've got some time. Now my first book is finished. I can do all these things that I need to catch up with. Um but the um the, the links that Matt has sent over to me are ereaderiq.com which lets you track price changes and set alerts tracker.kindlenationdaily.com This is the same, but it adds sales rankings. It's got a slightly less friendly user interface, Matt says. And I've not heard of any of these sites, Matt. So thank you for this. And also Keeper.com, K-E-E-P-A, Keeper.com. This is a browser extension that shows you the price evolution directly on the Amazon product page. Unfortunately, it doesn't work for eBooks, only physical copies. So this is, you know, it's useful data. So um, I haven't looked at these yet. I've put all the links on this week's show notes for episode 180. Dive in there, help yourself, have a look. I will be doing the same. Now I've got some time. So thank you very much, Matt. And thank you for listening the to the show, please you're finding it useful. Darren Hassel has got in touch with me. Uh, thank you, Darren, for pointing out a spelling error in my Circle of Lies Amazon listing. Uh, as you know, you've probably made them yourself. Easy mistake to make, however many times you, you read them. Uh, you know, I've even got Grammarly, for goodness sake, um, you know, spotting things like that, but it still sneaks through. Thank you, Darren. That was, you know, you told me about it. It was corrected in five minutes. The changes went live within 24 hours. It's all corrected now. So thank you very much for doing that. I really appreciate it. It's really, you know, good to get that right. And of course the traffic will be thrown at Circle of Lies. Well, people will be looking at now looking at that book now as they're reading Left for Dead. So it's really important that we get that right. My my feeling always is if you can't get the spelling right in your author description, you know, in your blurb, what's the book gonna be like? Well, you know, of course you and I know that's wrong, but it is important to get the spelling right in the blurb because it sets out your stall as being a competent author. So thank you, Darren. Appreciate that. Um Sean Stevens got in touch this week. Thank you, Sean. Um Sean uh, sent me a uh, a book site, Uh, it's called litring.com, so it's L-I-T-R-I-N-G, litring.com, again I've put that on the show notes for this week, I haven't had a chance to have more than a cursory look at that, um, but it is a a book promotion site by the looks of it, which I've never heard of, uh, but which looks really interesting, particularly um, because... It has a section that says, "Do you read on Kindle and Limited?" So I'm going to be checking that out. Uh, but it looks to me like a book promotion site. It looks like it's an author promotion site. You know, one for readers, one for authors. Never heard of it before. That's on my to-check list. And the um, the uh, link for that is on the show notes this week. Uh, also, by the way, just a reminder uh, that Sean has a uh, a book cover design service so very keen to to give a shout out uh, for that service I haven't had a chance to use it yet because as you know all my book covers um, were all kind of in the works they were already pre-commissioned before I found out about that brand new uh, service but I did want to just big up um, you know another podcast listener service and you can find that um, cover creation service at flinklockcovers.com some lovely examples of work there lovely portfolio work so please Again, you know, these are all listeners of the show. Julie's a, a listener of the show. If we could support, um, you know, people that we know, then please do so. But the site is flintlockcovers.com. It's been busy this week, actually. Nathan Burroughs also emailed me to recommend another service called powerbi.microsoft.com. Now, again, I, you know, all this information has been coming in thick and fast. I've had no time to look at it this week. So I apologize, but I will be looking at it. I got all these links tucked away for me to investigate them fully. But this is one of those um, data links. Nathan was just telling me it gives a really kind of great um, collation of data. On the front page, it says, turn data into opportunity, drive better business decisions across your organization with Power BI, which is what this um, site is. And it's a kind of, I think it's kind of an analytics service. It brings data in so that you can view it and and sort of make extrapolations from the data. Um, Nathan says he loves it, and that he's getting on really well with it. I've not had a chance to try it yet, but again, Thank you, Nathan. Thanks for sharing all this stuff. You know, I, I, I've got to send it out there. And our brains are all, you know, work in different ways. So I kind of offer it in the spirit in which it was given to me, which is in, in the spirit of sharing and in hopefully you finding something that might be useful to you. So that's powerbi.microsoft.com. The links on this week's show notes. Also, thanks to Bill Kokus, um, who I'm very, very grateful. We're giving lots of shout outs today. Uh, Bill did just a brilliant job. Uh, on you know a first read of now you see her uh, Bill kind of you know ended up doing a first draft edit for which I'm very grateful but also looked at the Americanisms in that book and I really enjoyed the process of working with so many people on that book uh, but uh, bill just sort of sent some words of of consolation you know after I kind of revealed the results from my rapid release 10 weeks last week he said Paul I know you said it yourself but this is not over. I refuse to believe that this won't amount to much more over time. You've got the assets out there. You're have now much you much more discoverable and these will build much more interest over time. I'm coming to think a rapid release strategy is much more effective for authors with a more avid fan base at the start. That's exactly my conclusion, Bill. Weekly release, when you've got all the readers there, the fans there, I think they'd love it. I think they'd lap it up. But for people like me who don't have that avid fan base, not so good. I, I, I'm recommending the 28-day cycle. So Bill says, the good news is that all of these books will earn you that rabid fan base over time that you've been unjustly denied and the inspiration that you've given all of us with your, in, 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 I can't say this word, indefatigable, with your indefatigable work ethic and optimism is karmic gold that is bound to come back around. Uh, Bill, I, you know, I really, I, I loved working with you on Now You See, Her. Huh? Uh, I really appreciated your input and your encouragement for that, um, you know, so I, I really value, you know, that time we spent working together um, and, and, and for you coming forward volunteering. Thanks so much for sort of, you know, your your faith in me, you sort of sat through the process, you saw it firsthand, you got to see first drafts before even my wife got to see them. So, and, you know, I know that you also, um, you know, learned from that experience and I hope it gave you kind of more confidence to sort of see me banging those words out and to see, you know what those first drafts look like when they when they when they come out. So um, you know, again, thank you very much. Yes, you know, I don't I hope I didn't sound negative in any way last week. Um I always had realistic views of what this rapid release would be like. Um you know you always hope for the best, but I expected realistic results. That's kind of ten, tends to be what happens and Bill's absolutely right there. I tend to think that weekly release would work well well when you've got a rabid fan base, you know people who just lapping up your books, but I'm not there yet. Um, I'm not there yet. And so I think what I'm saying to you is, I think, unless you're in that happy situation, you know, look at 28 days and make sure you've got the books written before you release them. I think it will be good for your kind of good kind of mental health. And, um, you know, you won't stress yourself out too much if the books are already written. You can just focus then on the advertising. Okay, so that's it. We're up to date. Thank you very much. Big news time now. And Jim Kukrul from Selmore Book Show stole me thunder this week. I was listening to it it yesterday, and he said uh, at the beginning of Selmore Book Show this week that he had big news. I thought, I know what that news is, Jim. I know what that news is. I've sensed this blowing in the wind for some time. So um, Jim Cookrell is not the only podcast host who's shaking things up this week. I am taking a break from the self-publishing podcast. I'm putting the show on ice. This is Diary episode 180. I think it's 150 other episodes I've done. We've done about 330 in all since I've been doing this podcast. I've been doing it for three and a half years, and I've never missed a week. Um, You know, you've always had uh, an episode week in, week out. Uh, Even I didn't think I was going to be able to keep it up, but I managed to keep it going throughout the rapid release, too. You know, you're up to date, you're bang up to date. I've just reviewed 10 weeks of rapid release. You know that I've hit all my targets. The last book for the rapid release has been delivered. Um, I've even hit my weighted time goals with park run. You know, I've, I'm 10, seven, um, often a little bit below it. Now, um, I've hit my, I've hit my time goals. You know, I, 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 said to you that I wanted to reach 30 minutes by the time I was 55. I beat that target six months early. I'm now running about 27 minutes. Uh, now I've got three minutes off that time. Uh, and I'm probably going to hit, I reckon by March. You know, unless Touchwood I get hit by injury or anything like that. I reckon I'll probably move towards a 25 minute uh, with my running um, because I've been doing a lot of running, extra running over summer. Um, the books are being released on a 28-day cycle that will play out now. I know that's going to play out because I finished the last book in that tr- trilogy today. It's just editing and and publishing now. So it feels like a really good point for me just to step aside. Uh, you're not on a cliffhanger. You know, you're up to date. I've told you my results. You, you know where we're up to. I've summarized it um, for you. I, I feel that we're up to date now. And I... Um, I'm desperate for a break from writing. I've loved the writing, I've really enjoyed it, but I just feel like I need some headspace now. I want some time. Clearly um, I'm gonna be editing, but that's gonna be at a much more release pace now. I'm looking at my kind of schedule and I see white space, I see gaps, I see maneuverability. And there's plenty of time to get the editing done, plenty of time to get the editing done. So, you know, I'm just looking forward to cruising up to Christmas now. I'm going to Spain in two weeks time going down to see my family before Christmas. I got my mum coming up over Christmas. You know, I got lots of lovely things kind of happening now in between now and New Year. And, um, and I'm just really looking forward to that. So um, I'm going to take a break and I don't know how long that break's going to be. And I can't tell you yet if the podcast is going to return. I just want to have some headspace time now to just think about everything And I'll probably decide what's going to happen with the podcast over Christmas and New Year. I have a little bit of space, not recording it, you know, get off the treadmill. I just want to be off the treadmill for a little while and just think about things, you know, just defragment the files and just think about how 2020 is going to look. What I would say to you is don't delete the podcast feed from your phone because I'm just as likely, you know, to say, yeah, podcast is continuing and an episode will pop up in your feed at some point um so don't kill the feed just leave it there um you know for a while and if i if i do decide probably to close the podcast if i sort of think yeah do you know what? it's time to call a halt on this now i will probably just put a last episode in there you know just a short one summarizing where i've been up to and just letting you know that that's it over so unless you get that 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 you know that one saying it's all over guys i'm stopping it then just leave the feed open if you want to continue, you know continue to see what happens here so I just want to have a period of review I want I think about things. I want to think about what stays in my business, what goes, you know, what, what's worth my time, what's not worth my time, where I put my focus yet. So what I would say to you is whatever happens, I am going to continue writing. It will probably be at a slower pace. As I told you last week, I just don't know what I fancy writing yet. It's funny, you know, I, I thought that I didn't fancy writing a thriller, but I had an idea this week. I had a great idea for a thriller and thought, ooh, well, it might be a thriller coming next. Um, I don't know where we are with the books with John and James, you know, they're not released yet. I hoped we would get a release before I brought this to a close, but those are in limbo, they will get released. And I'll sort of tell you what's going on at some point. You know, if, if I get back to the podcast, they are gonna get released. Um, I'm also talking to Adam Nichols Nickel. uh, about um, Now You See Her and the future of that, um, that series. Um, So this is what I want to be very clear about is this is not me giving up. You know, this is not me sort of walking away into the distance because the rapid release didn't bring the results that I thought it would be. It's just me saying, you know, this is a great time um, to have a break, uh, to take stock, to have a think about what I want to do next. You you know, if you listen to this podcast regularly, I just don't want to be a busy fool. You know, I don't want to be doing things that are pointless. Um, So I, I just really want to think about that before I move on. It's just a great point. I got my 20 books, you know, 20 books of 50K. I got my 20 books. They're all published now. I hit my targets early with running. I hit my writing targets early. Um, and it's just a great time to take stock and think about what happens next. Also, we've got some pretty radical domestic plans for 2020, <laughs> which if I resume the podcast, I'll tell you all about as they play out. So whatever I do has to fit in with that. So there's change in the air. And that change does not, definitely not, feature uh, me stopping writing. The writing is going to continue. I'm just not sure whether it's going to be non-fiction yet. I don't know whether it's going to be a thriller. I don't know whether it's going to be more sci-fi. What I suspect it's going to be is me writing more slowly as I was doing before this rapid release, maybe doing three to four books a year. I don't know what genre they're going to be in next. I've got quite an appetite to do some non-fiction. There are going to be some big Uh, sort of domestic changes for us, uh, not in the first part of the year, but towards the next part of next year. So got some big plans and I just wanna sit down and sift that and work out the best way ahead. So while I'm gone, for however long I'm gone, Let me recommend these podcasts. These are great podcasts for new and aspiring writers. And I hasten to add, when I give you this list, I know there are many other podcasts available. But if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably new, you're probably aspiring, you've probably got a couple of books out and trying to get things going. So these are specifically podcasts for people who want that information, the kind of information that I give you on a weekly basis. Um, Claire Sager, um, Claire Elise's Confessions for First Time Author. It's not every month but it's like gold dust. So listen to Claire's podcast if you're a new aspiring author. Claire Sager, Confessions of a First-Time Author. I've put the links, by the way, on the show notes for this week. Uh, Jerry and Lindsay Evanoff, uh, New Author Podcast. You know, Jerry's got his first book written. He's trying to get the first reviews. He's trying to get those first sales. He's working on his second and third books. His sister, is writing a book. It's just being edited. She's going to release it. She's probably going to do rapid release. They're right in the trenches of new and aspiring author, you know, in that zone, the kind of zone that I've been in, uh, that I I broadcast for. So, Jerry and Lindsay doing a great podcast. I listen to it every week. Tune in. Also, Alyssa Grosso, who I've already mentioned. Thanks for your shout outs, Alyssa. Uh, but Alyssa's awkward author podcast. Alyssa is writing a trilogy. It's probably going to be four books now. Judging from the last episode, she's going to be. Um, you know, she's working through the writing, the revision of those books. She's going to rapid release them probably over a 28-day cycle. She's thinking a lot about the marketing of those books. This is exactly the kind of stuff you need to be listening to if you get value or you have ever got value from my podcast. And finally on that list, the self-publishing spotlight from the self-publishing formula team again that's that that podcast is great it's got it's not got the you know super duper i'm earning a million kind of authors it's got authors who are often you know balancing child care uh often sometimes mental illness um sometimes um part-time work or full-time work they're authors who are making sales but not enough sales exactly where we are you know, if you listen to this podcast. So four podcasts there, I've put the links on the show notes for this week and, and, you know, recommend that you listen to those um, when this podcast isn't here next week and for however long this podcast is away. And indeed, if it's away, if that's it, if um, if I decide not to continue with the podcast. I also want to say that I will will still be attending Self-Publisher Formula Live in March And I might, you know, that's a great opportunity too for me to consolidate my plans, you know, to talk to our authors and to just maybe consolidate what I'm doing, you know, for that year ahead. Remember March, um, Self-Publishing Formula Live, I think it's just before my 55th birthday. I'm using that 55th birthday as my next kind of pivot point, really. That's my next big goal. And I'm looking at what happens after the age of 55, which is why I may be gone for some time before I make a final decision on it. And so Self-Publishing Formula Live is beautiful timing for me. You know, just I'll I'll know roughly what I'm doing then, uh, but to get out there, meet authors, chat again, you know, and just sort of put those plans to bed. So definitely I look forward to seeing you in person at Self-Publishing Formula Live if you've listened to this podcast. Um, I wanna thank you so much for your support and encouragement and for your tweets and for your shared tips. You know, it's been just a brilliant experience presenting this show. Um, i've loved meeting those of you in person chatting to you online this week is just a great example of that you know bill cocos reaching out like that you know we've got nathan we've got matt a new listener You know, there's always new listeners reaching out we've got sean and darren you know just this lovely kind of buzz that we've got going between ourselves it's supportive it's never negative you know i don't get any of that nonsense on the people who listen to the show it's just a lovely um you, you know productive you know people are all hard working doing the work supportive of me supportive of each other exactly the kind of writing environment you would want to be a part of so thank you if you've played a part in that you know whether you listen quietly and just consume the podcast every week or whether you've interacted by our email you know i've given you a shout out on the show you've you've mentioned me on your podcast whatever it is you know thank you so much i really value the community that we've built around this podcast so for the last time for now thank you for listening. I wish you every success with your writing. Next time we chat, I might just have managed to sell a few more books. Till we speak again, enjoy your writing life, whatever that may involve, and whatever self-publishing journey it takes you on as an author. From me, Paul Teague, bye-bye for now. Thanks for listening to Paul's Podcast Diary. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update, and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days. Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing.